Welcome to Badger Watch. We're talking about rounds um, 15 and 16 because we've had a couple of weeks break. We've got a full set of badgers today. We've got Hugh, Howard, Chev and myself, which is very exciting because obviously as we're recording, the county championship has finished. We chaps didn't discuss rounds 15 and 16, did we? But there was a bit to play for on the cricket11.com in that we left it that Howard was trying to win the competition. I was trying to break 20,000 points, I think. And Surrey were trying to win. Essex were maybe mid-table when we discussed the relegation battle, didn't we? Firstly, Howard, how did you go for the last two rounds? Uh, last round went well, but the one before wasn't such a good effort. So finished a very respectable second place overall, but couldn't quite get over the line. That is like Lancashire in any of their three tournaments. <laughs> I think that's a wonderful effort. I think second is incredible. I think that, as I said before, I think it justifies us hopefully doing a uh, doing a podcast about vindication. Vindication. Yeah. Um, and Hugh, you came ninth. You snuck into the top ten, didn't you? A late bolter. A late bolter. I um I took Andrew's advice from earlier in the season when he said he was planning use of bye weeks and things like that. And I looked at the fixture list towards the run-in and I saved some substitutes and started having some some players up my sleeve. So uh, I managed to have full teams out, which probably helped. Um, I know, Howard, you had a week with nine, was it, or eight? Uh, yeah. But I think, I think you nine. might have even still outscored me with that nine. Um, so just think what it could have been if you'd have managed your transfers. But I suppose then if you hadn't managed your transfers, you wouldn't have got those other points. So um, could have, would have, should have, perhaps. Chev, how did you go? Um, finished 82nd overall in the end. Um, I think it went, uh, I had the opposite, obviously, what Hugh had. Um, actually, it didn't really drop that many places at the end, towards the end of the competition. So, don't know. It was just hoovering around the 60th to 80th place, basically. Finished 82nd. Didn't have the be best last two weeks, but to be quite honest. Considering you ran out of transfers in July, that's a pretty... Steady effort though, Jeff. <laughs> no, only only ran out in like I think three three rounds before the end. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, we're doing quite well because we've got second in the competition, we've got ninth in the competition, we've got eighty fifth, which is the top hundred in the competition, and we also have three hundred and forty fifth in the competition. Oh. <laughs> but that's not bad from where you were, Spen. I was in the top. I was in the bottom ten percent. <laughs> um, I was, yeah. So that 345th, maybe I'm in the top third, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it was 1,200 players. 1,200, so, yeah, top third. Top uh, third, maybe. For Andrew to see how many of those updated their team after May. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there is that statistic that there are about 2 million podcasts out there, but that means that 2 million podcasts is like, you know, only about 1.9 million of them have one episode. So it's probably a bit like that where... 99% of people didn't really log in after uh, after round one. But so we have that. Howard and, I mean, whose who's players went well for them in the last couple of rounds? Oh, let me have it. Toby Rowland-Jones, he's been very steady, hasn't he? He's yeah. got a fair fair few points. In the last round, we had... You didn't well out of Mullaney, didn't you? Oh, I had Mullaney, yeah. He scored a very quick and really pointless 100 um, against <laughs> the long-suffering Durham. Yeah. Um, Simon Harmer got points, Matty Potts got points, and yeah, James Vince with a 98 got a few points as well. So it was a uh, fairly 
well spread across the board mix in the last round. Yeah, very good. And I think, so when we last spoke, we were saying that it was Surrey's to lose, or Hugh was saying it was Surrey's to lose. I think I said that all summer, though. I, yeah. I think as much as I didn't mean it most of the time, I did like to wind up our brown-capped members, but um, I, I I think I did mean it. I, 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 was, I would have questioned in July if they had the spinner, mm. you know, a frontline spinner to really make it count at the back end of the championship. But actually, if you just pick six really good seam bowlers um, and leave a little bit of grass on it at the oval, it doesn't really matter. We also said that it was Hampshire to try and disrupt them, I think, didn't we? Um, and then the drop would have been Somerset, Warwickshire with Gloucestershire probably definitely going in. I think we, were, we talked about Kent, didn't we? And I think we probably talked <laughs> about we, Kent. We threw Kent in there. That's, I was trying to think who the other team was. Yeah, that's right. So Because we, we said, yeah. So if we concentrate on Division 1 here, we've got that. Correct with Surrey, and Chev has just put his um, brown cap literally on. So congratulations to our Surrey contingent. It's a very good um, title win. But then um, what happened in second and third in the last couple of rounds? It seems as though Hampshire have missed out on a point, but they seem to have sort of fallen away in September, didn't they? Yeah, well, the real shock result was the Kent one, um, which is the, the reason Surrey could wrap it up a week early, which was lucky considering what happened at Lancashire. Mm. Um, but were they bowled out for 60 odd by Kent first innings? Seven, yeah. Um, and couldn't recover from that. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the result at Lancashire for the last few days, though, probably doesn't play out the way it does if there's anything on that game. I thought they looked rather hungover and like they'd had a really good week. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, what would have happened there? Does, can you remember what, what would have happened had Surrey, sorry, if Hampshire had beaten. Kent, would that have made a big difference going into the last week or would that would they have had to have a, a phenomenal result against Lancashire? I think Hampshire would have had to beat Surrey's result. So if Surrey yeah. had drawn, Hampshire would have won. If Surrey had lost, I think a draw or a win for Hampshire would have done it. But it would have come to bonus points as well. So it's all, all a bit up in the air. Interesting. Yeah, I think if, if it had gone that way, I, I remember looking at it and I think they would have been like nine points ahead. So it would still have made the result really relevant in terms of yeah. bonus points because as soon as just you could then discount Hampshire as soon as they don't pick up all their bonus points effectively that's how yeah. they can lose it before the results are there but um yeah it was tight but the good news is that I because I don't really care about the last two rounds of the cricket 11 uh, <laughs> after witnessing uh, the um the second championship in five years live on the at the ground so I think it was a, um, a marvellous result that week. Uh, yeah. Flew in uh, and within a few days they won it. Absolutely. I mean, if we, look at, if we look at Surrey, a bit of a microscope on them, what has been the difference with them winning? I mean, I would say 25 points isn't necessarily the biggest win of the county championship. Still, like, like we said, a, a couple of results and it goes down to the last, last round. But what's been the difference for Surrey this season than, than anyone else? I'll take this one. I think it's... <laughs> I think it's squad depth. Um, they've had 23 players. Uh, I think probably about 10 of those have scored 100 in the championship this year, nine or yeah. 10. Uh, they've had players missing, they've had players injured, but they've always been able to bring in someone. And I saw a BBC Sport did a county championship team of the year, and I think Folks was the only Surrey player 
that got into that side. And bear in mind, he's been with England for a good chunk of the summer. Yeah, It shows you that there's no real standout batsmen and no real standout bowlers from that side. It's just steady contributions the whole way through. When people have been off missing, they've been able to get decent replacements in. So I think squad depth has been key to the success this year. In brackets money? Has to be. I mean, it helps, doesn't it? It helps. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Then, it then again, a lot of the guys that have done well are, are youngsters. They're not they're not big names. Um, a lot right. of them at the academy, if you look at the likes of um, Geddes, Tom Laws, um, Jamie Smith has come in and scored a double hundred keeping. Will Jacks has come through the ranks. There's a lot of a lot of homegrown talent as well as the ability to get the likes of Kemar Roach and Dan Worrell, Colin de Grand Tom, these bigger names in as well. Yeah, I mean that 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 bowling attack as well in September and early season, right? They had Roach and Worrell early season and end of season, I think. Yes. Um, Reese Topley was playing as well in the championship, was he at some points? I mean, that's a it's a really good bowling attack, like you said. And I think I mean Worrell and Roach. Worrell hasn't. I don't think he's played much or any international cricket. But Wo, you know, Roach is one of those bowlers that comes over to England, and he probably loves touring England because it sort of suits his type of bowling in terms of conditions. So. You've got a lovely opening bowling pair there. And like you said, you have got depth. But I, I mean, the, the young lads, how much do you, did you, would you have known about them before before the season started? Geddes and, and, and the other lads that you've mentioned. Uh, do, do you, were they on your radar before this season? A little bit, but more so because of the T20 stuff they've played. Often um, Surrey have blooded the, blooded the youngsters in the 20 over comp when they've lost their star names to England. So seeing these guys pop up a little bit from time to time without knowing a huge amount about them. But absolutely not had much championship pedigree so I've not had the chance to see them I think Jordan Clark's the other one that's made a big difference I've probably oh, mentioned yeah. it before but um average 40 plus with the bat um 30 something wickets bowling which has been a, a big improvement um from from what he has done the last couple of years so he's been a, a big difference as well yeah absolutely nice and we're going to I think we're going to play as a little bit more later on but I think did Lancashire sneak up on that into coming second overall was that a sort of a an interest is that a do we expect that, or was that quite? Um, was that always on the cards? Well, <clears throat> they've had two of the best batters in the competition in mm. Jennings and Wells. You've got a middle order engine room of Croft and Vilas, mm. um, but Hammond's probably underperformed as a as someone yeah. who you'd have tipped for bigger things at the start of the season in a in a year where lots of people have scored runs. Um, yeah. They've got a spinner who can make things happen out of nothing, but maybe hasn't quite been as consistent as, as you'd like. And then actually in Bailey and Williams, you've got two pretty tailor-made county seamers. Mm. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's any surprise they're up there, in my opinion. No, it's a good effort. And I think, I mean, have, have I mean, Hampshire did sort of bottle it, I suppose. They were, they were looking pretty good. But if we look at the other side of the table, we like I said, we were not thinking about Yorkshire going down at all, were we? What happened to them in the last two rounds? I'm just trying to look at their sort of the results. Got butchered by Surrey, didn't they? They did. What happened there? Well, here we go. <laughs> It was a 10-wicket win. I mean, it wasn't the most convincing of all 10-wicket wins you'll ever see, but um, Ollie Pope came back from in England duty and got Surrey out of a bit of a hole first innings with a runnable 130 odds. Yeah, uh, that's right. And Clark, like you said, Clark gets 55 in that sort of bottom-to-middle order. Yeah, and Yorkshire's, I think the Yorkshire, I've read a few Yorkshire um, supporters, that they've bemoaned the, the lack of quality batting, which is fair enough. And I think they've just been short of runs this year and when... The likes of well, we've listed them off before, but all the all the Yorkshire players that go off to, to England, and then they've had Ben Code out injured, um, which is a big a lot of wickets missing there for most of the summer. 
Yeah, just looking at your, it's really because Yorkshire, you moved under the you talk about under the radar teams going sort of a late charge for the titles and stuff like that. But actually, they've gone under the radar in terms of weaknesses, probably have been exposed towards the end of the season, like you said. The, I mean, their lineup in that Surrey game, Live, Bean, Hill, Cola, Cadmore, Frayne, Tassel, Bess is very high in that batting order. It, yeah. You're right. Like, and he nearly won it for them. He did, yeah, absolutely against Gloucester in the last in the last round. But Lyth, I mean, Lyth's the sort of the quality start the old old head county pro there. But then I suppose it'd be interesting to sort of do a bit more a deeper dive into them. You've got Jonathan Tattersall, a young a young captain wicketkeeper as well. You wouldn't. Maybe... I wonder if this relegation might actually be quite good for them because everything that's happened in the last eighteen months and longer at Yorkshire points towards needing a reset. The coaching staff got cleared out pretty unceremoniously yep. um, and are still dealing with that. But actually, now is their chance to bring through a younger generation. It'll be a better breeding ground in Division 2, you'd argue, uh, for young players to find themselves than in Division 1, where you can turn up to Surrey and you've got the, the attack Surrey have with Overton, Clark, Laws, Roach, Worrell, the list goes on to then be Hampshire the next week, Essex's little nippers afterwards. You know, it's there's no rest. Whereas yeah. in Division 2, maybe these... You know, there's no dispute. Yorkshire has produced more England cricketers, I think, than any other county. It's it's yeah. a hotbed of English cricket. Maybe actually the, the whole club has a little bit of a reset and we might see a more resurgent and probably inclusive Yorkshire going forward. It could It could be what they need as a club. Yeah, do you think, I mean, do you think that has, we, we've actually not really spoken about that much this season, about sort of Yorkshire's um, sort of the turmoil that they were in, in terms of backroom staff and all of that. So, so that really must have had a big sort of uh, waiting on, on, on their season, I suppose. A lot of background noise that they wouldn't have wanted as players, so you can't really concentrate on the pitch. But yeah, I suppose sort of they're signing new players all the time now, aren't they? They're, they're, they've been pretty good in the transfer market. So, but yeah, I think, have they ever been in Division Two? Does anyone know? Yes, I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. Yeah. Um, I, look, I personally, I think it's you, you see people like Willie and Cola Cadmore who've left, mm. maybe under a bit of a cloud. I don't necessarily agree with their decision to let Patterson go, particularly if they're going into Div Two. But maybe you don't plan for that. Um, I think he'd he'd wreak havoc in Division Two. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, I think it could be a seminal moment for them and their future as a club if they can build the right people into their squad. Shan Masood could be, a, uh, I mean, he's proven his record in Division Two <laughs> yeah, spectacularly. Yeah. Um, even though Howard doubted him in England, I think anyone would, <laughs> would concede that Shan Masood in Division Two is uh, is a pretty nuclear threat. Um, and then just, I mean, I suppose the last thing on, on Div 1 um, is Warwickshire surviving the drop, which, you know, by three points, which is remarkable. I think they were like sort of a lot of the thing we said on WhatsApp, and I think a lot of the press were talking about sort of the demise of Warwickshire County Career Club. They were the Bob yeah. Willis Trophy winners. Um, and did they win? They won two in a row. They get two, two trophies in a row in the first class. They won the Champo last year. Yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, and then suddenly to sort of be in a relegation battle is extraordinary, but then up steps big Liam Norwell. Um, I didn't realise reading that he was completely injured 
before like they had to wheel him out basically they strapped him up and and got him out there um is there anything yeah, on... it was the two um indian overseas that they'd signed who both then had to i think were both maybe called back up to india in siraj and um yadav yadav giant yadav yeah um and so yeah as you say they were bare bones of a squad yeah absolutely it's, it's an extraordinary um sort of story i suppose from here but also just generally i mean what's What's Warwickshire's issue been this season to just, I mean, you would never have thought they'd just survive, have they? Well, they, they haven't been able to take 20 wickets, have they? That's The, the batting's been all right. Yates Sibley's had a good year, actually. I'm surprised he's not been talked about slightly higher. Mm-hmm. Um, Haynes had a brilliant year. I think Haynes got a 1,000 runs. Mm-hmm. But Danny Briggs is your first spinner. Hannon Dalby, who I think took 50 wickets. It, it showed, really, in in at the climax of their season that... Norwell bowled something like a 13-over spell and Hannon Dalbit, you know, the percentage of the overs, those two bowled. Brooks bowled a couple of overs expensively. Um, and Briggs got got a bit of bit of treatment. And Rhodes, I don't think, probably felt he was the right man sort of bowling the little wobblers with the keeper up. So I just think they've really lacked, they've lacked cutting edge in their attack, which they've tried to bring in. And I guess they've just, you're unlucky if you're, you bring in a two-match overseas player and they go go back after one or two and three type thing. Yeah, that's true. I think we spoke, didn't we say? I said maybe that you know Alex Davies. I know Hugh's been quite vocal about old Davies, but he he's come in to be the um to sort of maybe be a bit of a star signing. He's not he's not he's had a bad season, hasn't he? Yeah, he's not had a bad season at all, actually. But he also hasn't scored the runs that probably he would have hoped for. Um Wokes yeah, I mean, is a huge miss. They've been without him all summer. And Bresden was also a big part of that team, winning it last year. Yeah, that's really good point. Up, so a couple of big holes in the all-rounder department. Yeah, I think I think Will Rhodes is he's bowled quite a few overs this season. Probably he's he's your fourth or fifth bowler, maybe. I wouldn't say he's a first change bowler. Um and he's you know he's a very handy all-round cricketer to have, but yeah, he's probably bowled more overs this season than he would have wanted um, or thought he would. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it's. I suppose Warwickshire will be happy, but they can't be. They'll be happy they stayed up, but they can't be happy with their season. I, I expect. Um, then well, you look at their you look at their wicket takers. Sorry, just to lay over that no, point. We've no, got Hannon Dalby with fifty three. Norwell's got twenty two, nine of which are in one innings uh, <laughs> in four in four matches. Um, the South Australian Nathan McAndrew had twenty. Danny Briggs has got 31 at 42, though, which I think you can read a lot into. Um, And Henry Brooks is the only other one to note with 18. Otherwise, they have really struggled to take wickets. Sure, yeah. Will Rhodes, eight at an average of uh, 70. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he's bowled quite a few overs for not many. 180, I can tell you, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's probably more than he was hoping for going into the season. I imagine so. Yeah, right. Looking at the other table then, Division 2, Nottingham, we've always said, didn't we, they're the outright winners. Um, With, I think think we can say two go up now, don't they, into the new, let's say there is a, whatever, we'll talk about the structure maybe in another one. In this new three-man structure or three-team structure, it's Nottinghamshire, Middlesex will go up to Div 1. Is that correct? Technically. Um, with Glamorgan coming in third. I mean, I think that was a a dead cert from probably week two or three, wasn't it, with Nottinghamshire? They've got such a strong squad for Div- Division 2. I wouldn't be surprised if you see them doing pretty well next season um, in Division 1. I mean, is there any 
is there any any and anything else that you can sort of add there? They they've got a pretty strong lineup, haven't they? They don't they don't need to add much to their side, do they? Um, no, I think Peyton's just I think they'll, I think they'll go very deal. well. Yeah. yeah. Just on that as well, just you see Stuart Broad came back and played um, mm. for them in the last game of the season, despite them probably wrapping it up. Maybe um, he wasn't invited to the uh, golf at St Andrews. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, we should but probably touch on that as well. Is So Stuart Broad, Premier Fast Bowler for England, is had a big workload this summer, you'd say. He comes back and plays for Nottinghamshire and then Joe Root doesn't against Gloucester at Bristol. Is that contentious? Is that weird? Uh, personally, I don't think it is. I think Root has done an awful lot for Yorkshire cricket, um, but his employer fundamentally is the ECB, not Yorkshire. He's going to play one or two games a year tops, if that's in Div 2. It, it, I think at his level, he plays the game. I don't think it matters if it's Div 1, Div 2. He could play Essex and you'll have people bowling at 75 miles an hour as opposed to someone bowling at 75 miles an hour in Division 2. I don't think it matters. But I just think with Root, it was so it was still so recent that they're in the Caribbean and he looked absolutely broken. And I think to have some downtime, some time with his family as well, I think he deserves it. I think we need to wrap him in the cotton wool he wants because he's the best multi-format batsman in the world. And frankly, Yorkshire, suck it up. Jerry can do what he wants from my point of view. <laughs> Scan consolation to every Yorkshire fan out there. But <laughs> and would you, Howard? Would you? Would you guys be annoyed if if um, Ollie Pope's a bit different because he, he's not he's not in the same bracket whoa, whoa, yet, whoa, whoa, whoa. yet yet as Joe Root? Um, would you guys have been annoyed if someone like him hadn't played? You know, in the last games because of that? Yeah. They were being rested. Yeah, I mean, I've read varying reports as to whether he was asked or, or the ECB had almost instructed him not to play um, and to rest or not. So I don't know whether there's any truth in that. But mm. I think, I mean, Yorkshire have definitely been unlucky. I don't, I don't blame Root for choosing to have some time away from cricket. Um, but I, I certainly think, as a, if you're a Yorkshire fan, you can feel like you've got the rough end of the deal on on that particular call and several others with international call ups over the course of the summer. Um, so yes, I would be disgruntled if it if it was my club. Um, what can you do? Okay, to, 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 can't they? They've they've produced the likes of Bearstow, Root, Harry Brook, who have come through come yeah. through the Yorkshire ranks and well, Brook's very early days in an international career, but have done very well, and he looks set to be an international regular for the next decade or so. So. They need to start producing. So to throw a spanner in the works, good players, but not quite as good players. Would you, if you were a Yorkshire member and you were asked, do you want Yorkshire in Division One or do you want to win the Ashes at home next year? And you've got a 50 50 choice whether Joe Root plays that game and it has a direct impact. I think the Yorkshire member says Division One. I think the member at every other of the 17 counties says they want the Ashes. Look, I'm just saying, I'm not making any big. Big judgments about Yorkshire. I am making big judgments about Yorkshire fans, <laughs> but there we are. A couple yeah. of Leicester fans might take Div One. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I suppose the set, the second, um, second place in Division Two, Middlesex. They were the only real contenders going into it. I think is probably the right way to say it. Glamorgan probably did push them a little bit, but. Um, you know, 
bar Yorkshire coming down, you sort of feel that maybe all feels right in the world with Middlesex and Nottinghamshire going up into the Division One. Had Yorkshire stayed up as well, maybe that as well. But like, I think um, you know, two big... over the course of the season, they're the two best teams, right? Yeah, and you know, you, you do look at it. Two Test match ground counties who probably have a little bit more to spend as well deserved like. I, I, it does come into it. Like I think what you go on there is squad depth is massive for those two teams. They have a huge, you know, if a couple of guys go on international duty for Nottinghamshire and they bring in a really, you know, a strong first class batter anyway. Um, but I think with with Middlesex, it's um, it's quite good to see they've got a lot of sort of um, people that they've sort of homegrown players in that team haven't they they've got a lot of sort of London based players that they've brought through it's similar to Surrey maybe it's easier to keep them I don't know that's a speculation they've had a lot of luck with their overseas signings Middlesex have they it's, it's definitely not been a case of buying their way up because the likes of Hanscom and um, Peter Milan from South Africa haven't set the world on fire by any means so they've done it the hard way done it with the, the homegrown um, boys Shaheen Shah Afridi didn't blow the I mean, he took 14 wickets in three games, but I think there was, I mean, I had him in my team, there was an expectation that on a slightly green, dampish surface in April, he was going to run through teams in Division 2. Yeah, I think so. And I think the return of Roland Jones can't be understated there, can it? I mean, he's he's an international bowler who just got caught short with injuries, I think. I think he was top wicket taker in the country this summer. Mm-hmm. We'll see, how many wickets did he get? 67 at 18. 19, sorry, round up. What's the highest amount of wickets in a, in a season from a bowler? Does, does anyone know? Do you remember I sort of that screen grab of what Mushtaq Ahmed was up to at Sussex in the early early 2000s, where I think he was he was leading wicket takers, something like five seasons in a row, and on, on three of those he took over 100, and the others were 80 and 90 odd. So that was a full full year though of fixtures, 18 games or 17 games. Right, I reckon back then. Okay. Fair enough. Um, or about the, the new format. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Division 2 is it was pretty wrapped up. I, I don't know necessarily um, is it worth talking about those in the lower on the table. I think Sussex is a fascinating story, isn't it? Um, they There's a lot going on in the, in the dressing room there. Matt Pryor has been tweeting um, about what's going on at Sussex. I don't know. Is there well, any... Did, did you see... Business, aren't they? Did you see Ian Salisbury's statement when he left as coach? It was all very nice. And then he finished. Great group of young players. I'm sure a new coach could do something really spectacular or something like that, if backed from above. It was so pointed towards the management of the club. And it went out on the Sussex social media. So I am amazed no one vetoed that because it looks appalling. But maybe the social media people were all in on it too. Maybe they finally edited it and, and did it. Rob Andrew as chief executive has ruffled feathers ever since he's been down there. Um, but you can't escape. They've got some great young cricketers. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Rob Andrew is coming in as a sort of, he was chief exec at the RFU, the Rugby Football Union, wasn't he, I think? Obviously, ex-rugby. I think he's he's come in there to try and be a bit more of a a money CEO, isn't he? Sort of trying to generate revenue and do things in a bit of a different way. Um, yeah, I don't know. They have got some incredibly good pl- young players. I think they just probably need to... What was the stat you brought up the other day, Howard, about their bowling attack? Yeah, so I think you were... What you were going through was it Warwickshire's 
lack of wicket-taking options. Sussex's top wicket-taking bowler, I think Sean Hunt had just taken a wicket at somewhere during that last game and tied for the top wicket-taking bowler for Sussex on 17 wickets. He finished with 18 at 40. Mm. So Ollie, Ollie, Robinson played, Ollie Robinson played three games for them and took 17 at 15. And uh, Sean Hunt played eight and took 18 at 40. Only two other bowlers got to double figures. Um, sorry, three other bowlers got to double figures. Brad Curry with 15. Henry Crocombe, or Harry Crocombe, apologies. Uh, he got 15 at 51s. Yep. And Delray Rawlins with his left armers uh, took 13 at 68. It's not a Fahim big... Ashraf got brought in as an overseas for the last three games. He bowled 53 overs over three games and took two for a 310. So it's not hard to point to where they need to bolster. Yes. So they've spent a fair bit of money on the batting with all their overseas <laughs> signings, haven't they? With Pajara, Rizwan, yeah. um, who's the cipher in the T20. I think he might have played a championship game as well, but yeah. money would be better directed towards the yeah. same bowling department there. Next well, they time. had four players get over 900 runs. I've got quick info out in front of me. I'm not just reading off all these stats, <laughs> lad. Pajara, um, Haynes, Orr and Allsop all got over 900 runs. Yeah, I mean, it tells you, isn't it? Top heavy. Um, so moving on to that, I mean, we've spoken a little bit about all the players and everything like that. I mean, Chev, I'm going to start with you. Who, who surprised you and who has underwhelmed you this season? You start with the surprising, obviously... They've impressed you, basically. Um, and who hasn't impressed you so far? I'm not sure when it was surprising. Um, but uh, from the players I actually picked, I think... Actually, Harry Brook, obviously, was sort of... A, to me, it felt a bit like his breakthrough season, but maybe that's just me looking at it now. He's also obviously mm-hmm. moved up um, uh, in, in all formats. Um uh, disappointing this year. Um, well, I think Steve-O, as in Darren Stevens, had a really good good ride, finished with a uh, a title, but uh, in the Champo, he, he was below average, um, definitely based on his rating and, and value at the start of the season. Mm. Um, uh, he obviously, yeah, that, that was just maybe one season too many yeah. In his case, uh, for the Champo, but obviously made made good on that with the uh, the final uh, final performance. Uh, so yeah, I think he didn't really. Uh, I think this is it was overall the all rounders apart from the last couple of rounds. They they were relatively un you know underwhelming throughout most of the season really, where none of them really kick. Normally, the, the, you know, there are those you can literally bet on them but uh it wasn't happening this year up until later on in the season so i think that was overall uh, they were underwhelming um any other standout players i'm sure that uh hugh and, and, and howard have got uh, a long list of players <laughs> that they, i know you do uh, Hugh. Who, who's top of your right. who's top of your well, list you? i i took <laughs> i mentioned it we were meant to have our curry last week and i had tons lighters as you can probably hear um but i did scribble a little emerging players 11 together and I think this side would go pretty well in division two um so I've got Emilio Gay and Ali Orr opening the batting yeah so just 1800 runs between them up top um 
taking the armband for the emerging players is George Hill from Yorkshire, who uh, got 729 runs at 31 and 20 wickets at 21. Um, at four, um, and you might argue a bit high, but I've got James Rue from, Southam- uh, from Southampton, from Somerset, yeah. uh, who's also got the gloves. Uh, 18 dismissals and 330 runs in only about five or six games, but looks a really, uh, really nice, uh, nice little keeper and and got his first century this year. Yeah. Um, then I've got a real engine room, and I think this is where games will be won by this side. I've got Anuj Dal from Derbyshire, who's Look scored 950 stats. runs at 73, and um, I've missed out his wickets, but he took stacks of wickets for them as well. Have you got his stats on hand? Yeah, he took 34 wickets at 29.8. It's good all-rounder stats, that. Yeah. So he's the first of my three all-rounders. I'm in a real, a real blessed position with the all-rounders. I think there's a lot of good young all-rounders in the country, mm. as, as I'm sure you'll see. Um, at six, I've got Lyndon James from Nottinghamshire, who I picked for lots of the fantasy league uh, games throughout the season he was listed as a bowler and at a time when the ball wasn't doing much I thought he was a good buy um, but he finished up with 890 of the Queen's runs in Division 2 at 52 um, I'm not going to give everyone stats so I'll just try and speed things up I'm including that 170 against Durham as the Queen's runs on the last <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little uh, season aggregate booster I have to say um, I've got at 6 a player picked on potential, perhaps, rather than stats, but Rehan Ahmed from Leicestershire, the leggy, who got his first 100 and a five for last week. Mm-hmm. Um, at eight, Tom Price from Gloucestershire. Nice. Um, eight for 27 against Warwickshire and, and by all accounts, gets it through. Um, one of my favourite cricketers of the year, Tom Laws at Surrey, who took, who took 18 wickets at 23, not many games. Then uh, Sam Connors from Derbyshire. Yeah. We've got 50 wickets for the season. And then finally, based only on the Royal London Cup games, because he can't get a game in the Red Bull team, uh, Scott Curry from Hampshire, who took 18 wickets in the Royal London One Day Cup, who uh, I watched a couple of times on the live stream and I thought he looked very good. I'll spare you the B list. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, the, that was the side. Nice. Very good. Howard, who's impressed and underwhelmed you? Uh, my my impressed names are, um, I guess, more established players that have furthered their case. So nice. I've got Hasib Hamid and Keaton yeah. Jennings up the top, yeah. who are in, ex-internationals, um, possibly future internationals as well. But yeah. both had a pretty rough time of it within the last few times they've played. But good to see them back in the runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ben Duckett, I thought, had a had a, a good summer as well. I was Definitely. I was guffawed at on an early podcast for suggesting he might bat his way back into England contention. And there he was in the squad, didn't get a game, but I think he's very much firmly firmly in the frame again. Mm-hmm. It's worth um, saying John Simpson at Middlesex Definitely. had a fantastic summer. Um, might well find himself a, uh, a place on a on an aeroplane with uh, an England tour um, mm. as, a, as a backup keeper at some stage. Um, had his had his very small chance in the one day as in that COVID hit squad, didn't he? But yep. lots of runs for him and a good story as well after he nearly, I think he nearly packed cricket in a couple of years ago. So did, yeah. back and doing well. And um, well, Matty Potts was the only other sort of breakthrough that I thought might be included in Hugh's list. But Well, he's on, he's on my also runs, but 
I went for an emerging side as opposed to breakthroughs <laughs> because he played a test. He played quite a few test matches. Okay. So um, he's like he's a yeah. I, I didn't pick him. Would you like my also runs? Mm-hmm. No. Maybe at the end. Maybe at the end. Maybe, Maybe at the end. We'll, we'll do a podcast <laughs> extra. <laughs> um, just on mine, I think. Um, Hughes, I mean, Hughes had 11 players, so he's going to take a few. Anish Dahl is a, is a really interesting one, I think. Um, not many would have known about him, I don't think, before this season. And I think it's very good. There's a few names that surprised me in terms of um, just looking at stats now. There's just a few people who surprised me that they got to over a thousand runs. And you sort of, again, I, I don't really think that they necessarily would have been talked about. But like Tom Abel at Somerset got a thousand runs, which I thought is, you know, He's, he's an established player, but it's a pretty decent effort. Not really spoken about too too much. In, in, and I don't think he necessarily needs to be in an international shirt, but not many people talk about sort of him going over to a 1,000. Um, whereas I think the um, Luke Wells, I think, has had a fantastic season. I think it'd be very, we said it loads, but it'd be very happy that he moved from Sussex. He probably thought it was maybe trying to, it would have been, he would have at the time found it difficult mentally maybe if he was going to find a new county but he did and I'm really pleased for him there um I think I mean Billy Godman's really disappointed hasn't he this season um he I I had him in I think we a lot of us maybe two or three of us had him in our team he was sort of the guy that you'd bank yeah but you would I mean he's I mean this is a really red herring season for him I think you would have banked on him sort of scoring definitely between 650 to 1000 runs this season he was nailed on to outscore Sham Masood that's for certain (laughs) (laughs) I mean he got got 100 in his last game so that's I mean he's, he's maybe found a bit of form when he least needed it but I think that's very good. I think it's really interesting from a point of view of Ben Compton. He was sort of maybe talked about in an England shirt, getting to a thousand runs, and he's really fallen off the radar. And um, was he dropped for the last game? Because uh, you know he was a starter for me. Obviously, he didn't play. Yeah, he dropped. Let was all dropped. Yeah. It was interesting. They picked Miyeye when mm. they hadn't picked him the week before. They had picked him the week before, but. When Crawley had been back previously, they've gone with Compton, who got 800 runs. I found that very interesting. Mm. But, I mean, they got it right. It's got 100 and they won the game. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, I think it's just a really interesting season. I think John Simpson's a lovely story. It'd be lovely to have um, a genuine second keeper on the tour, wouldn't it, on an England tour, rather than sort of your best uh, butler just going and whoever plays keeps. It'd be lovely to have a genuine keeper. As Do we know if is going to be fit for Pakistan? That's only two months away. I don't think he is. I was under the impression he wouldn't be. So then that gives a middle order spot, presumably to Brooke, who's played a lot of cricket in Pakistan, albeit in the PSL. But that means you need a or duck it. It does mean you need a a proper second keeper, though. I think in Pakistan, particularly. Mm. Did someone say Ollie Pope? I've seen him (laughs) keep. This is what I mean. It's it's so lovely to maybe be talking about a. A second keeper who isn't um yeah i agree who you know in back in the days where it was you know sort of jack russell alex stewart james foster was always the second keeper or chris reed it's lovely to have sort of a rather than to throw an extra curveball in as that second keeper for pakistan i don't think he'll get picked ahead of simpson but we were just talking about derbyshire and this is someone who we've collectively had in for most of the season and Brooke Guest has had a great year mm. that, I'd even say that's a breakout year, he's got 900 runs at 38, 
mm. something like I think he's one of the top keepers. He got fifty something dismissals. I'm yeah. not sure I've ever seen him or ever watched him keep though. Does anyone? Has anyone ever seen Never. him on the TV? Unfortunately, I mean, Derbyshire, right. yeah. <laughs> Derbyshire isn't a live stream that I've often gone into. Um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think um, just talking to keepers as well. I think uh, what's um, Bracey will probably be quite disappointed with his Division One season. I think a Division One, a good Division One season would have probably put him back into some conversations that he arguably left after his England performances. So he probably underwhelmed a little bit. Um, but yeah, is there anyone just talking on those those players that we said, Anage Dahl, Hill, maybe at the players at the sort of less fashionable counties? I'm gonna try and say it nicely. Do you think they'll have a bit of a, a tough time keeping hold of these players? Do you think other other teams are gonna be in the hunt for for them? I think Emilio Gay will get snapped up by one of the bigger clubs. I have to say, I think he he looks a very, very talented young cricketer. He does, yeah. North Hans, North Hans isn't a uh, uh, let's call it a sexy club. Um, yeah. So I and I suppose the same probably also might be said for Vasconcelos, um, who who also had a good season. I wouldn't be surprised if if the likes of uh, maybe even Yorkshire actually. I know there is, it would be a step down going to Div Two, but I'm sure they'd have a, a bigger wage bill. Um, do you think players and, mind? And they, they look short of an opening batter, Yorkshire. Do you, do, you, do you think a player will genuinely look at sort of the Div 1, Div 2 thing, Div 1 and the other Div 2s? And, or, you know, or is it money talks, you've got to take your paycheck and England seemingly don't really care where you play? I think a young player would care more than an old player, perhaps. Someone with international aspirations knows they're not probably quite there yet, but hopes to be in three or four years would probably be far more likely to take a pay cut and go to Div 1 not that that would ever likely happen but mm. we'd like to do that rather than go down to Div 2 for, for more money but we are just thinking about Red Bull though there'd be putting yourself in the shop window at a, a Yorkshire um, for the White Bull season is arguably um, something that gets you on Sky TV more gets you noticed more gets you playing in front of bigger crowds at yeah. better grounds um, it's, it's that bigger package than just I suppose the championship and test cricket these days Mm. Just talk. Just talking about sort of seemingly unfashionable, unsexy counties. You see, Leicestershire's departures. Um, Hassan Azad has left. Um, that seems to be a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. He's had not had a great season this season um, when he scored stacks last season, didn't he? But that that seems quite a um, yeah. In two thousand nineteen, he scored one thousand one hundred eighty-nine runs. Um, He's had a bit, a few lean seasons, but is that? I imagine he might get snapped up by someone at least. Do you think? You could see someone else giving him a contract. I'd say. I definitely think so. Just seems interesting. Sort of Leicestershire, a traditional struggling team in county championships. They've come bottom, I think, of Div Two. So to sort of lose one of your historically quite good players seems a bit weird. But do, do any like other transfers? The competition there for that spot is it? They seem to. Let players go without necessarily having anything better to slot exactly into. yeah sort of who yeah. who that maybe they've maybe they've got another player in the in the coffers that they're going to try and bring up or they've got someone that they want to sign I don't know um, but how I mean transfer market moving forward do we think there's going to be a lot of is there going to be a lot of movement or do we just not know I suppose it's quite difficult with cricket because a lot of the stuff isn't above the surface is it but I, I'm sure there's a lot of counties we've talked about Sussex needing to bolster their bowling attack and stuff like that. Do you think there'll be a lot of movement this summer? The winter, sorry. 
or is it hard to tell? Hard to tell. I think I, th- I, I think Yorkshire might struggle a little bit to keep hold of some of their yep. players, as, as you've alluded to. If, if, if there's a new sort of setup comes in, I know a lot of what's there is new, but if they do have a, a, a reset, the likes of Adam Lythe, will he want to play next year in Div 2? And it, it's looking like if we go to this three-tier system, if there's no promotion next year, you're sort of locking in another two years at Div 2. He's not got that many years of cricket left. Will he want to stick around and yeah. align himself to Div 2 for the rest of his career when he's still a pretty good performer? I'm not sure. Um, but it is, it is hard to say. Count, counties will know where they need to, where they need to strengthen. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a, a lot more loans next year, as we've seen this year as well. <laughs> I'm not sure we've won ourselves any New Yorkshire listeners tonight, but uh, I, I do think the on the the transfers, lots get announced early, don't they? Yeah. Like Ed Barnard, Ollie Robinson, mm. and the the generational shift, like we've talked about previously, has has really come in. It's not quite like football, but you know, it was only 15 years ago that people were one club men and someone like Darren Stevens was quite unusual for going to to Kent from Leicestershire where he, yeah. he seemingly had it had it made. So I think we will see quite a bit. I think we're still at that time of season where the counties are announcing who they've let go. Um it might be that we need to in a month's time have a have a full review and debrief. Yeah, that's a nice idea. Yeah, very good. Six need a batter, don't they, Hugh? I don't know. I think the batting didn't quite fire. I think... Um, the statement at the pod. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're playing on um, uneven pitches every week at home, it's not, it's not easy. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, Alistair Cook did Alistair Cook things. Nick Brown didn't have his best year. Um, and Wesley, I don't know how many runs he got, but it wasn't... It wasn't stellar, and Lawrence had a surprisingly um, unflattering year when it was only a year ago he was he was in an Ashes squad. Um, yeah. So I think as a top four, that that top four to me on paper uh, at the start of the season, I'd have said was was pretty match fit for Division One. Um, you you wonder whether whether that that will go into next year, and then you're sort of if you talk about your engine room, Critchley hasn't quite delivered in perhaps the way he was the big man at, at Derbyshire and he has, hasn't quite scored the volume of runs he'd have hoped to at five. Um, but I suppose he's been batting a little bit earlier against a newer ball than you'd, you'd really be hoping for with that top four. Mm. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think we should definitely do a pod on the on the transfer markets. Like, I think it's fascinating. I think it's really interesting to know who goes. I always feel quite... Um, I feel like a sense of worry for the young lads who get released who haven't really done much in the twos or something like that. It's sort of what's next for them. I always so it's quite a tough gig as a cricketer. You don't, it's not the biggest earning in the world, is it? And so when you get released, it must be quite a, a damning thought, really. Um, massive shout out to the PCA for the work they do now from some of the lads I've spoken to at our club that have been beneficiaries of it. It's, um, it's certainly gives them a lot more of a, a chance although there's a lot more focus on that now than there was yeah. years and years ago that is true that is true so i think i mean next next pod guys i think um we probably we've mentioned it a few times in that three-tier system and the different review i think probably we can have a little debrief in a couple of weeks time on what we think the um the andrew strauss review is that the, the, i take this andrew strauss review is sort of the next stage of the county is going to have a, a vote on it aren't they something like that but I think we should probably do like a big debrief on that. What do you, what do you guys reckon? An election special. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
we'll get the swingometer out. Yeah, that'd be nice, I think, because I think we're talking a lot about the players this this round, and I think that what's interesting is, do we need a review? Doesn't are we in a good place? Are we not in a good place? I don't know. But I think what what said there is what what we've looked at is um, the season's been quite surprising in many ways, um, and I think there's a lot of young lads coming through. Um, I think it's going to be quite an interesting, an interesting selection for for Pakistan for the England team. Um, yeah, but anything, I mean. Anything else to add from anyone else? Any other outstanding moments of the last last couple of rounds that we haven't spoken about? None that I can think of on the None spot. Think of. Yeah, that's fine. We probably didn't give Liam Norwell the credit he deserved, did we? Because that was a phenomenal spell of bowling through uh, injury and pain to to take nine wickets in when he was, from all accounts, begging for someone else to take the ball off him, but the captain said, "No, you're stuck. Keep bowling." So um, was that was a, a real stalwart effort. Yeah, and is it who's the guy's just retired from Glamorgan? Never been out of Hogan. Hogan. Oh, oh, the cleanest set of pads in the West. Good shout. But by all accounts, because he took leg minus two as a guard. Very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> leg minus two. <laughs> he, he liked to get. He liked to make some room for himself. And I like Mo Abbas. I like Mohammed Abbas yeah. in that last. Um, yeah, where's list. his front foot going there? Yeah, but no, credit to Liam, Liam Norwell. Fantastic performance. It was, um, it, do you know what? It was even on, I was, I turned the TV on as I was making a cup of coffee before I went to work and it was even on BBC Breakfast showing yeah. the highlights of Liam Norwell's nine for. So yeah. when the champo is making BBC Breakfast, it shows the people have spoken. Long live Red Bull cricket. I do enjoy it as well. Did we leave it on the note of he said, um, I think he does a little sound bite from him and he said, I do feel bad because if I played more of the season, we probably wouldn't be in this position. <laughs> oh, really alpha the rest of the attack there. So that's really alpha them. We'll leave it on that note. Well, thank you very much. That is well done to, I think the last things we should say, well done to Howard again on your second place. I know you said it's a bit of a bridesmaid, but well done. Very good. Very, very good. And Hugh on your top 10 and me on my 350th, top 350. Um but yeah, very good, guys. And we'll wrap it up there. And um, we'll speak to you next week or in a couple of weeks' time. But thank you for listening to everyone else. Um, you're listening to Badger Watch, an unspun cricket production. Um, and we'll catch you in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs>